Hey, it's Mastin. Welcome to the Mastin Kid Podcast. If you want to take your first step uh, on your trauma-informed journey, come to claimyourpowerbook.com and get my book, Claim Your Power. There are uh, a bunch of awesome free bonuses with that, including a 40-day coaching journey with me that will get you started on your trauma-informed path. Claimyourpowerbook.com. Enjoy. It's awesome. I put my heart and soul into it. And if you want to really start your journey to do your trauma work, claimyourpowerbook.com is the place to go to get my book, claim your power, and to get a bunch of free bonuses, including free coaching with me for 40 days. Please enjoy today's episode. Hello, and welcome to the Mastin Kip Podcast. I'm your host. Mastin Kip, and I am the creator of Functional Life Coaching, where we discover the root cause emotional blocks that are holding you back from success. And I'm also the creator of Trauma Hacking, helping you turning your nervous system into your ally, and the best-selling author of the book, Claim Your Power, and also a trauma survivor advocate. And this podcast is from my heart to yours. I'm going to share with you all kinds of different things, uh, different coaching uh, experiences that I've had with people, um, different parts of my life, maybe an excerpt from a seminar, different interviews with friends and thought leaders, all about how to get unstuck, how to hack your nervous system, how to turn your nervous system into your ally and really get the edge so that you can really live your dreams, uh, live your purpose, and most importantly, pay it forward. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. One favor I have for you is this. If you love this podcast, remember to subscribe to it. And if you feel called, please feel free to leave a review because reviews really matter, helps us spread the word and helps other people really discover this podcast. So if this was valuable to you, please feel free to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. And if there's anything in this episode or any episode that really strikes you as an aha moment, shoot us an email to hello at mastinkip.com. Tell us which episode it was and about what time, uh, the breakthrough was in the episode so that we can really know because I'd love to hear from you what your aha moments are. I love hearing that. And my team loves hearing that too. So without any further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Mass and Kip podcast. So let's move right along, guys. So let's talk a little bit about some context of how we're going to work together, okay? We're going to do psychoeducation. Psychoeducation is educating you about your psychology and your neurobiology, okay? Here's why. When we help you understand what's happening in your body and how it operates, it decreases shame. Because it's not you. It's your amygdala. It's not you. That's your sympathetic nervous system. Who follows? This makes sense? So we have to have some psychoeducation so that you can understand what's happening in the body to decrease shame. Then we're going to have experimentation. What that means is we're not just going to teach you some shit and then go on. We're going to work towards embodying it so you can feel what it feels like uh, based on the education that you just got. And then there'll be some self-regulation because stuff will start to come up and you're going to start to realize, wait a minute, I have some agency and control here. I can do something about how I feel. I don't have to run to what I normally run to, pool boy or not, right? Whoever it is or whatever it is, okay? And we're going to have co-regulation, okay? And this is a really awesome mix right here where we have psychoeducation so you understand what's happening and then you have experimentation so you get a felt sense of it. And then self-regulation to know that, wow, I'm building some agency here. And co-regulation to know I'm not alone, okay? And the goal is, I think, to make that your lifestyle. Because that's all I do. Learn some shit, try some shit, and then share some shit. That's about it, right? And so that's how we're going to work together. Now, our aim is embodiment, which means we want to not just have cognitive theory understanding, which is kind of mentalizing things. We want to have exploration, which is somatic, okay? Felt sense of something, 
right? Because have you ever said like, well, God, you know, I intellectually understand something, but I'm just, I'm not doing it. Who's ever said something like that, right? The reason why is you focus heavily on cognitive ability to learn something, but very little on the somatics. And here's the thing about the world right now in mental health worships cognitive behavioral therapy. I love cognitive behavioral therapy, but not as the first go-to because here's the thing. Distortions in thinking tend to come from distortions in affect, meaning the body. So if you're trying to change this without changing this first, you're never going to win because there's 10 times more affect than there is, you know, efferent fibers going from the brain down to the body. So if you start with cognitive only, of course you're never going to have it change because it's not felt sense, okay? Also, our aim is to go beyond knowing to feeling. So that means we're going to go from cortical, prefrontal cortex. So cortical in the brain is kind of like that prefrontal cortex top part of the brain up here. And subcortical, what's subcortical? It's right there. So what's the limbic system? That's right. So I'm going to butcher this drawing right now, okay? There's lots of ways to draw a brain, top to bottom, left to right, front and center, all that type of stuff. But essentially, you can kind of think of like this is like the cortical brain, and this is subcortical here, okay? So that's the limbic system and all that stuff here. Now, this, is in, this includes your amygdala, hippocampus, all that stuff, okay, thalamus, all that type of stuff. And here's the thing. When you have affect from the body, it goes right here first. It doesn't go to the prefrontal cortex thinking regions. It goes right here. So what we have to do is, if you're learning here in that cortical sense, it's a cognitive understanding. It's a mentalization of something, right? Like, like think of it this way, right? If you are in the middle of, like, grief that just started, like, just say you lost someone that you love, like, right now, Right? And I start to explain to you the stages of grief. Is that going to be helpful? No, because you're having a subcortical response, meaning an emotional response, an affective response, okay? And so we want to do both the cortical and subcortical, the mentalizing and the embodiment. And here's the thing. On a neuroscience level, embodiment, can, we, as adults, we have to have mentalization or to understand concepts, but we got to get it in the subcortical brain and also the nervous system down here so it becomes eventually a habit that's automatic. And that process is both a top-down process and a bottom-up process. And what that's going to do is it's gonna eventually going to help you turn your nervous system into your ally. But if all you're doing is hanging out in the cortical regions, you can understand all kinds of shit all day long but never actually embody it. Who knows someone that knows lots of shit but doesn't do it? Anybody? Right? They're really focused on the cortical information, but it's a subcortical that really matters for embodiment, okay? So is anyone confused by that? If you are, please let me know. It's important to understand. Okay, so if I say subcortical, what does that mean? Typically, just think of it as the emotional side. If I say cortical or mentalized, what does that mean? It's thinking up here. Now, where's the prefrontal cortex? Is it cortical or subcortical? Very good. Now, here's the thing, okay? In trauma, which we'll get to in a second, is, it, is trauma a cortical or subcortical experience? Subcortical, okay? Which is why to change, we have to start to activate that prefrontal cortex more because when you bring cortical, how should I put this? Cortical control to a subcortical response, that's like a parent coming in going, okay, let's try it this way. Okay, so you, and so the cool thing is, is that you can absolutely learn how to do that. So one is not better than the other. The goal is to have it functioning as a unit. Who follows? You guys with me on that? Okay. 
Okay, so our aim is growth. So we want to go from a fixed mindset, mindset to, which is I can't change or get smarter, to a growth mindset, which is learning is how I improve. Okay, now here's the thing. Of course, you go, yes, I want to, of course I have a growth mindset, master. of course learning is how I improve. Well, how's this? Have you ever even recently tried something, it didn't work, and beat yourself up? Okay, that means you're hanging in the fixed mindset in that moment. Okay, there's a Harvard, uh, sorry, Stanford researcher, Carol Dwick, Carol Dwick, who has a bunch of new research out on this topic, and I think the next slide. So here's what happens, okay? There's a lot of desire here to look smart, okay? That's what they want. If you're fixed, I have to look smart. Here's one of the things. I don't give a fuck about looking smart. I don't care. I don't care. I care about what? I want to know what I need to know to help you. I don't care how I look. Take that in for one second, okay? I don't care about being smart or being perceived as smart. What I care about is, do I have the information that can help you? That's what I care about, okay? But if you're preoccupied with being smart or, you know, the best or whatever it might be, when there's a challenge, you tend to avoid it, which means you leave the room, hang out with the pool boy, whatever, okay? Obstacles, when there's an obstacle, it's easy to give up. This is too hard. If I was smart enough, I could get through this, but I guess I'm not, Okay? With effort, um, what they do is they see effort uh, as, uh, as meaning that you're not smart enough. So if I have to try, means I must not get this, so I have to stop, okay? And also criticism, they take it personal and they ignore it or they put it as negative feedback only, okay? And uh, when there's success from other people, it's like, oh my God, they're so amazing, they're so smart, you assign all this value to them. So in this fixed mindset, this is what happens, okay? Now, Okay, what happens is there's tons of plateaus here and you never up to your full potential. And what's interesting is a lot of this mindset started uh, with the IQ test. And the IQ test was designed, as I said yesterday, to find gaps in the educational system, not to say this person's smart, this person isn't smart, right? And so the goal to understand is, is your potential fixed? Is your levels of intelligence, are they static? Can they change, yes or no? Of course they can. But is there a part of you that thinks maybe that's not true? What do you think? For sure. And of course, there's parts of you that believe both of these things. But when we get in the shit, when the challenges come up, when, that, when we're in that fixed mindset, which is stuck, okay? Because mental health is about how much, uh, how much mental flexibility you have, okay? That's really what it is, okay? Mental, when you don't have good mental health, you're stuck in one sort of emotional state, right? But when you have good mental health, you can be very flexible in those things. When we get challenged, triggered, or obstacles come up, we go right back into that kind of immobilized place, okay? Now, on the growth mindset side, okay, what happens is um, there's a desire to learn, and that's what starts. So for me, and when I saw this, I was like, oh, that makes sense for me, because I've always been that way. I was raised by scientists, right? So I love learning, and the thing is, whenever I fuck up, I'm not like, oh, I'm so stupid. When I fuck up, I go, ah, I just learned something, right? And it can be really hard depending on how intense the lesson is, right? But no matter what, I'm always, always, always learning. And when you have a true desire to learn, what happens is you look at challenges and you embrace them as like, ah, this is a chance to fucking learn about myself. Holy shit, right? Because if I can learn about myself, what does that mean? You can improve what? Intelligence. What else? Resilience. What else? Impact. What else? Consistency. What? Say what? You, you can build new neural pathways for sure. But if you embrace challenges as an opportunity to learn, I was thinking you could improve your financial situation. 
I was thinking you could improve your relationships. What do you guys think? Yeah, when the shit hits the fan, realize that the goal is fertilizer. How do I make fertilizer out of this? Okay, that's the goal. Okay, and guess what? The shit is always hitting. The, the fan has never been clean in anybody's life, right? The shit hit the fan is like, well, what was it before? Was it clean before? No, there was, all, who was always having some shit hit the fan anywhere? Let me see by show of hands. Everybody, right? So just assume the shit's going to hit the fan and become a fertilizer expert, okay? That's the goal, okay? Also, when there's setbacks, if you have that growth mindset, setbacks are unidentified lessons. So as an example, my mindset on my foot isn't, oh my God, I'm getting older. What do you think my mindset might be? Well, definitely don't fucking do batting practice and sandals ever again. Yes, 100%. And my mindset is I am going to become a master of the anatomy of feet and calves. I'm going to figure this shit out and un myself. That's what I'm going to do. And then later, I'm going to know, wow, I can actually stand like this. I can do this. And okay, don't do that dorsiflexion right now. And oh my God, you know, the arteries and the veins and right through the soleus of the back of the calf right here. So that shit's tight. Of course, you're going to hold inflammation and, you know, all kinds of uh, fluid in your foot. And it's going to be throbbing and stuff like that. So make sure your calves are relaxed and all that type of stuff. I'm going to know those things. So next time, I can repair faster. Who follows? Right? It's not I'm getting older. No, I just did dumb something. I did did a stupid thing. I did a dumb shit. That's what I did, okay? And I'm fixing it, okay? Also, okay, um, criticism is a chance to learn, even from the assholes, right? When I put myself out there on social media, right, if someone kind of does a clap back, I look at myself and go, "Is is there anything that's true about this, or is this person maybe just not as educated as they should be, right? But there's always opportunity to learn through criticism, because why would someone, for the most part, offer criticism towards you? Think about this. Anyone have a critical parent? Nobody in the room has a critical... Anyone have a fucking critical-ass parent? Okay. Why do you think they criticize you? Defense. It is a way of making you better. Well, God damn it. You didn't do this. And what happens is we take that shit on. Oh, my God. And we use as evidence of not enough. Now, I'm not saying you should just be around negative criticism, but especially positive feedback or criticism, like constructive criticism is so valuable, and we don't want you to be so fragile that you miss the, like, the gold in it. Okay? And that's the value of the growth mindset. Okay? And then also, what happens right here is, is that when you see other people doing something else, you have the opportunity to use them as an example of what to do if they're achieving something larger than you. Because success leaves clues. Now, here's the thing. We don't have the same history, the same background. There's a lot of bias based on culture and you know, gender and all that type of stuff. And at the same time, what builds a neural pathway, a big part of it is myelin, Myelin doesn't care if you're black or white, doesn't care if you're male or female. If you do certain things, you'll build more myelin, you'll have more habits, and you'll be able to do things more automatically, okay? And so we want to start to realize that whatever somebody else is doing has nothing to do with who they are and has everything to do with what they're what. What their mindset is, and based on that, what their what is. Beliefs, but they're taking specific sets of action. Sequencing, certain things in a certain order. Okay, when we get the right sequence of something down and we practice the sequence and we detach from the outcome, everything starts to shift. Okay, and the cool thing is to know is that resilience is the key. Resilience is the name of the game. And the way that you build resilience is how? Is it a cortical or subcortical process? It's a little bit of both, but primarily subcortical, meaning it's a felt sense to get through things. Okay, who's ever been through the worst and you got through it and you felt like actually more empowered afterwards? Anybody? Why? 
That's right. In post-traumatic stress, we go, oh my fucking God, that was terrifying. And maybe it was. Post-traumatic growth, we go, and I lived. Like, I got through that, right? And when we look at, like, how people can make the transfer from post-traumatic stress to post-traumatic growth, a big piece of that puzzle is to realize, I lived. Whatever trauma you've been through, you made it. How cool is that? All that shit, and you still fucking lived. You were some of the most badass, resilient motherfuckers I know. We got one person that's happy about that. Everyone else is still questioning, I don't know, Mastin. You might just be full of some, you're just blowing smoke up my ass, right? You are some badass, resilient people. You fucking made it. In fact, just look left and right for a second and go, you fucking made it? Through all that, and you're here, okay? What are the odds, all right? So Hawkins has a great quote. He says, handling an emotional crisis leads to greater wisdom and results in lifetime benefit. So I'm not saying that you always got to be going through something, okay? But when you're going through something where there's a setback, things aren't going the way that you want them to go, that's when the muscle, the emotional resilience is being built, okay? And it's really, fear of life is really the fear of emotion. Think about that for a second. So fear of life is fear of emotion. Think about this. Why are you afraid of what you're afraid of? It's about the feeling. And where's the feeling? Is it in the snake or the spider or the bank account or the person or the money? Where is it? It's here, which is why interoception is so fucking huge. Because you can go there and go, hi, what's going on in here? And when you befriend that part of yourself, it has amazing information for you. And then if you get more of that growth mindset, you can cultivate and learn instead of realizing, well, this proves I'm a piece of shit. Because the parts of ourselves that we exile, the parts of ourselves we push away or dissociate from, when we befriend them, they have so much wisdom in there. And our goal is to realize that we have to start to integrate that, okay? So the fear of life is the fear of emotion. So it's not the facts that we're, we fear, but our feelings about them. And Hawkins says, once we have mastery over our feelings, our fear of life diminishes. And what, we're, what we'll start to learn about trauma is people who are activated by their trauma are primarily emotional or cognitive. Emotional. And you don't even know you're in it. You just, oh, this is how it is. And you don't even know it started. You don't even know where it came from. It's just right here and it's always on. So you just think that's how life is. But that's not how life is, okay? Hey, it's Mastin. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. And before we wrap up, if you found value in this, one of the best ways to get this trauma-informed information to the world, if that's something that you want to do and to be a part of spreading the word, I would be so very grateful if you could leave a review on Apple or Spotify podcasts so that uh, you can review this. And hopefully it's a good review, but please leave an honest review. And especially if you want to leave a five-star review, I would be super stoked on that. But of course, just make it honest. But my goal is to share more trauma-informed information with the world. And I need your help to spread this information and reviews matter. So if you feel called to do that, would very much appreciate it. If you got value from this episode and from this podcast, we very much appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much for hearing me out. And if you feel called, please leave a review on Apple or Spotify, and we'll see you in the next episode.